You are listening to Shining Star Community Church, English Ministries Sunday Message. Please visit us at www.shiningstar.life. Have you ever seen or touched an Olympic gold medal? It's kind of out of blue, but I just want to say I did. <laughs> Two gold medals from 2012 London Olympics and 2016 Rio. Anyone else? That's all I want to say. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've touched and seen this uh, gold medal in life because about, during about this time last year, I attended a seminar. Uh, with uh, Olympic gold medalist. Her name is Kayla Harrison. She's the first American um, person to uh, win gold medal in the sport of judo. Um, and, <laughs> and I attended a seminar that she held locally here. Um, and more than anything she taught, one thing really got me interested and also um, still uh, something I can remember even to this day uh, is not necessarily her judo techniques because I don't know judo that much, um, but her mindset, she called it a mindset of champion. And obviously, if you get to the point, even entering Olympics, that's huge. But if you want gold medal, not even one, but two, and she even went through things like, like knee reconstructions because she had a huge injury, and even through that, uh, she won two gold medals. And she's younger than me, but she's already retired. Um, great, right? So when she... Uh, 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 talked about the mindset of champion, that's when I realized, man, this is no average woman or no average person. It doesn't matter your man or woman. What they go through is tremendous. So what she'll do is, uh, man, she, she thinks as much as you prepare your physical, you got to prepare also your mental too. So she always talk about mental preparation, uh, such as every night she'll mentally visualize her being the, the final round of Olympic uh, game. And she'll fight in, in her mind uh, with all the intensity and all the co competitive um, kind of pressure. And she'll do it over and over again, also visualizing that she'll win the gold medal. And always on repeat saying to herself, this is my day. I'm Ke Kayla Harrison, an Olympic champion. Over and over again. And even when the negative thoughts come in, what if I lose? What if I, what would I be if I lose? What would happen to my identity, who I am? So it was so clear, uh, cl clear that her one and only goal was to be Olympic champion. And she had this embedded message that was on repeat in her mind that she is going to be fixed and determined to go for that goal. And she already is an Olympic gold medalist. And she became. And obviously, we're not, I'm not sharing this to promote a mere optimism. Just because you and I do the same thing she did, it doesn't mean we're going to win gold medal, unfortunately. Um, but one thing we can know for sure is that how we, how we handle a goal, set a goal, and also how we let uh, this message in our life to, be, uh, to influence us in our life can really make a huge impact in our lives. For you today, what's your goal? And with what messages are you living today? We live in a day where it's full of messages, competing messages, even besides 
Sunday preaching, even besides while we, uh, how we spend time with the Lord. If you go on a moment for social media, there's constant messages, whether it is people are selling something or people are just showing that their life is better than yours. Or I think he said insiders, or, or I forgot which um, um, a page was it, but they always had this video of telling how to eat better and always telling me, you've been eating steak wrong. You've been cooking wrong. You've been living your life wrong. You've been doing burpees wrong or push-up wrong. Like they're always telling me I'm wrong. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, thanks, you know. Um, so we have this like small to big, insignificant to really significant messages all around our mind every day through advertisements, marketing, um, jobs, pressure, uh, education, relationships, on and on. And obviously in Shining Star Community Church EM, English Ministry, we believe that the Bible, this Bible is our message that we focus on and we, we put our life on. Like we discussed last Sunday of our first, very first core value. If you have a uh, slide, please. It says, we value the truthfulness and trustworthiness and authority of the Bible. We believe this Bible, the scripture, like we say, is all God-breathed, where we place our life onto it. Not just our life here, but our life of eternity. That is the full, ultimate authority of our life. So that our goal will be achieved. We break down our goal into two parts. Number one, mission. Mission is why we exist. Can we all read together, please? Three, two, one. To know and enjoy God, to know Him is to be discipled and make disciples in Christ. To enjoy Him is to glorify Him in Christ. And second part is vision. Vision is now what we do to fulfill the mission. Okay, let's read together one more time. Three, two, one. To rescue, reclaim, and revive a broken and lost world for the sake of his kingdom. One person, one family, and one community at a time. And today will be the second core value. Uh, core value, I'll just read it. It's a revalue the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. Today's passage, Pastor James, as he spoke last week, he mentioned a little bit. But the background is that Apostle Paul, who probably um, has the most credit of doing uh, Christian mission, really spreading the gospel throughout the known world back then uh, in the early church. And he's the one who wrote the most books in the New Testament as well. But we believe that 2 Timothy, this letter, is his very last letter that we know of. And you can see that if you read a little bit beyond what we read today, a little bit later part of chapter 4, we can see that while he was on the second imprisonment in Rome, this time he does not expect himself to make it out. He does not believe that God is going to let him out. He believes this time he's going to die, executed from this imprisonment. And also this time, different than other times in the past, everyone has deserted him left him, except Luke, one person. So right now, the situation he's going through is worse he has ever been. And he's about to pass on this ministry, this apostleship, this church-leading ministry to Timothy. So we must kind of feel that emotion, feel that weight of his word as he's on the very last letter, in the very last chapter of that letter, chapter 4. And 
in the chapter uh, 4, verse 6, it says, My departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And today, one major imperative command he is telling Timothy is to preach the word. Preach the word. Here we go. Point number one. We must hold firm to the preaching of the word. We must hold firm to the preaching of the word. You might ask, why preaching? Why preaching of the word? Are we in a day where without actually coming, we can see things through web stream, or we can rather read a book, or study ourselves, or watch a video on and on? Why is preaching of the word so important? And when I say preaching, I mean the preaching in terms of the context of corporate worship. Corporate worship like we are having today, where there is singing, and where there is fellowship, and where there's, of course, preaching. And sometimes, as we have once a month, a Lord's Supper, communion, to really commemorate what Christ has done through the cross. And preaching, let me define more. Preaching comes from the Greek word um, that means proclaim or herald. Um, as Shining Star EM, like we talked about before last week, um, as we believe that all Scripture is God-breathed, we place full trust on this word that it is able to save us. It is able to lead us in everything we do in our life. It is not just reliable, but it is sufficient. So our goal is to have this word fulfilled in our life, have this abundance of this word spoken into our life, taught into our life. But as you can see, when you try to live your life centered on this word, is it easy? Is it doable by yourself? Maybe some of you have really good discipline, and I admire you. But word of God is not easy to live upon. It is simple. It is always there for us. But it is us who are constantly uh, being distracted. It is us who are not able to understand God fully. And that is why we have a church to edify one another, to lead together, to teach together, and really be, uh, stand together to really learn what it means to uh, hear God and what it means to live out for Him for his, through His way. And we value not any kind of preaching, but what we call expositional preaching. Expositional preaching. Just like the word expositional, we're exposing, you're revealing this word of God, this very word of God, fully and purely. In a way, it is in a biblical context. It is not out of context, but it is in the context, also with careful instruction on how to follow. And this is done not by anyone, but by hopefully someone who's skilled and who is trained and who is appointed by God to upon this church to lead. With the work of the Holy Spirit, the thoughts and the word of God will be spoken to the church than the word and also thought of man. Do you personally have an experience where this type of word, this preaching, made an impact in your life? For me personally, when I was in seventh grade, I was saved in the midst of preaching. I wasn't preaching, obviously, but I was again preached uh, through a pastor at a retreat. And that's when, I, when the gospel clicked, and I was able to make a decision. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. I cannot believe this is true. 
I want to follow you from this day on. Anyone here who got saved through uh, listening to preaching or sermon? Yeah? Yeah. Through preaching our lives, it is evangelistic. Through preaching, there's transformation. Through preaching, we are encouraged. Through preaching, uh, we are comforted. We are prevented to do something or cease to do something we shouldn't do in our sinful life. We are clarified in our misunderstanding and much more. You probably have experienced where God has spoken to you through preaching as if the preacher knew all, everything about your life at the moment. The work of the Holy Spirit is wonderful. Amen? Amen. His timing is perfect. His word is perfect. And he always, a right preaching always leads directly to Christ. And this is why upon this uh, opportunity um, in this chapter, passage, Paul is telling Timothy to preach and continue to preach. And if you read a verse 1, it says, I charge you in the presence of God, of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. So he starts from here by setting a tone, already serious but more serious, because now he's talking about how the judgment is coming to the world. Christ is coming soon. He's not coming as a humble servant this time, but he's coming as a righteous judge to establish his kingdom and judge and remove the evil once and for all. So meaning that upon this last day, we have limited time, and there are still sinners. There are still people who doesn't know the gospel. There are still people who we should go out or who we should, even in the church, preach so that they can understand the gospel correctly. Because even within church, not everyone is a believer, isn't it? And from there on, uh, Paul explained more reason why uh, he should continue to preach. Uh, preach in a way where he's being warned uh, that people will turn away from the truth because of their own passions. Where people will not uh, be able to endure with sound doctrine or sound teaching. It says, verse 3 and 4, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching, itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away listening to the truth and wander off into myths. It's hard to endure sound teaching. It's hard to endure uh, the principle that the uh, Bible uh, places in our lives. Because there's always this danger of temptation coming at us, another offer of temptation in our lives um, to rather choose things other than God, rather place our hope not in the Lord Jesus Christ, but something else in our life. For example, what are these uh, false doctrines? What uh, what will happen when we do not endure clinging to Christ as our only hope, only Savior? Some examples are, as you can see, there's something called relativism, right, where Everything's relative. There is no absolute truth. You may think there, there's something far away uh, from what we usually deal with, but it's surprising how much it is in, embedded in us. Um, that sometimes, because of this, we get influenced by the culture and we even fall into consumerism, where we become the ones to decide what is right for me. It's us, it's me who's deciding and pick and choosing what to follow and what to accept from the Word of God. 
because it is inconvenient, because it is difficult, because poor is something I do not want it. And going further on, with the advancement of technologies today, we are more than connected to the world than ever. So we are perhaps used to swiping left or down when we are when we doesn't interest anymore. Sometimes that happens a matter of seconds. So these things uh, give us a um, temptation to really lose interest and focus on clinging to Christ. And lastly, even us being influenced by prosperity gospel, where we define, we are the ones who define what success is in a worldly way. Bible never de- uh, defines success, righteous living, or blessed living as something we are just successful in, in um, our jobs, in our finances, in our health. Our success is only defined by glory of Christ, how He's proclaimed, how His will is fulfilled. But when this false doctrines come into our lives, whether we know it or not. Our values are distorted, and our hopes are placed in the wrong place. A pastor and an author, Paul Tripp, puts it like this. It is in fact the person, Jesus, whether you have realized it or not, he is what your hoping heart has been searching for. Because what you've really been searching for is life. Real, heart-changing, heart-satisfying life, life to the fullest, life abundant. People can love and respect you, but they can't give you life. Situations can make your life easier, but they can't give you life. Locations can bring some changes to your life, but they can't give you life. Achievements can temporarily satisfy, but they can't give you life. True lasting hope is never found horizontally. It's only ever found vertically at the feet of the Messiah, the one who is hope. Jesus is only only hope beyond our situations, beyond our circumstance or relationships. It's not about the pro- uh, sin problem outside of us, but it's about the sin problem inside of us. And it's the only word of God, it's only through the preaching of the word of God that we can be renewed and to realign ourselves to God. And next part of the passage is that Paul gives uh, five uh, verbs here. Uh, to really explain how and give instruction on how to preach. Verse 2, it says, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with compl- complete patience and teaching. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort might be um, maybe challenging to distinguish. So let me make that clarification for a second. So reprove means to expose. To expose sin or fault. Like the word reproving, we are kind of proving again and showing again how it is wrong, how it is sinful, uh, certain things in our life. And second, rebuke means that it is demanding for a change of action or call for repentance. It is really um, uh, speaking upon the conscience and really changing our emotions and our understanding uh, to really make a move. And thirdly, actually with um, complete patience and teaching. With complete patience and teaching. Uh, that means to encourage, to comfort, to build up with other believers. While the first two is about tough love, where we are correcting, we are rebuking, we are uh, reproving, second wing is more 
A third one is more self-love. We're building up, we're encouraging. It is in- interesting how in this uh, concise instruction, Paul is telling Timothy to do it in season and out of season, meaning when it is convenient and inconvenient, when it seems plausible or not. Because in church, in our, in our, even in a Christian walk community, um, there are times there is op- oppositions, and even preachers, because they're human, we don't always enjoy um, confrontations. We don't always enjoy speaking on a, about judgment of God, but rather oh, there are times it's easier for us to talk about the love of God, to encourage people. But whichever situation it might be, Paul is saying, no matter what, in season and out of season, preach the word through these three things. Because through reproof, by exposing, rebuke, by calling for repentance, and through exhort, for um, complete patience and teaching, that reflects a full picture of how gospel plays in our life. Through this preaching, uh, Timothy, when he followed this, he's able to really preach in a holistic way where a person, a listener, a congregation member can really apply the gospel to every single area of their life. So if the preaching of the word is important, then how can we fulfill this together as a church? Point number two, we are to together strengthen the preaching of the word. We are to together strengthen the preaching of the word. The last verse of today's passage, verse 5, it says, Timothy is instructed to always be sober-minded, endure suffering, and do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Fulfilling ministry is not something one person can do, even someone like Paul or Timothy, and neither us. It is ministry by nature is something you do together as a body, as a church by nature. So here's a quote from Tim Keller, a pastor and author as well, uh, talked about how even in preaching, the work of preaching, is not a one-way thing, but it encompasses many different factors. While the difference between a bad sermon and a good sermon is mainly the responsibility of the preacher, the difference between good preaching and great preaching lies mainly in the work of the Holy Spirit in the heart of the listener as well as the preacher. In order for a good preaching to happen in the church, both the preacher and the listener had to work together. So there will be a transformation, there will be fruit in our church ministry. Amen? Here are some practical applications we can work towards strengthening this preaching in our lives and in our church. Number one, come and listen. Come and listen, preaching during our worship services. Commit to your Sunday, 2 p.m. to roughly 3.15 p.m., our service. Commit to every single week to come with being able to give a full attention, meaning that you might have to sleep earlier on Saturday. You might have to grab a coffee before coming in, but not inside the church. Um, um, and you might have to put away your phone to, if you're distracted. We see a lot of things from the back, right? Uh, from the phone, texting, or even doodling on the uh, bulletin, right? Uh, you might have to really be aware of those things and intentionally 
uh, really change how we even sit in worship, how we even listen and take note of the preaching and value it so that we can be part of this growth and transformation of the church and fellowship together. Number two, pray for the preacher. Pray for the preacher, especially during this um, uh, Pathway Sermon Series. We are having this rotation uh, with different speakers, right, among our EM staff. Please pray for the preachers because it really depends on how they preach, how they prepare, whether it's their sermon preparation or their study, and even their personal spiritual life, because it will impact how the preaching will happen. And it will impact your life. It will impact our ministry as well. So please pray for our preachers. Please pray for our staff. Number three, encourage and affirm the preacher. I personally lead a life group as well, but I hear so many great things, great testimonies from our preaching on Sundays. Every week I hear great things, a great testimony, how it really spoke to them at the right moment, and it really helped them to go to the next uh, step in their spiritual life, to know God more and to enjoy Him more. But thing is, most of those good stories don't get to the preacher. Maybe ten out, one out of ten, maybe more. I don't know the exact st- statistic, but it's rare that the preacher actually hear what happens. And I believe if there are good things happen through the work of God, it would be really helpful if the preacher knows because preachers are usually more self-critical than, than self-boastful, right? Oh, I did a good job today. Oh, everyone must be blessed. We don't think like that. We are rather like, oh, why did they get, all give me a death glare? You know, <laughs> was something wrong with my speaking? Or was it too boring? Or was it too confrontational? Or there are too many references? And then we think all of these. So when there's a good things happen, a God's work happen, please make it known to the preachers that they'll be encouraged to continue on with such a confidence, not in what they do, but what God is doing in our life in our church ministry. Amen? Yeah. Number four, study the Bible on your own. Study the Bible to better comprehend and understand the preaching. For us, in order for us to enjoy something, for us to understand something and have a deeper understanding, we must expand our capacity of knowledge as well. For example, I wasn't born in the States. I, I, I grew up in Korea and came when I was in uh, fifth grade. But still, um, it's just recent that I started to watch American football. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan because I lived there four months. <laughs> um, um, and just a few, few years ago, I didn't know anything. Only thing that really excited me and uh, interested me is that how big guys run and they're like body jiggle. And I thought that was funny. And... That was the only thing I understood because I knew nothing about football. And I honestly kind of looked down on football because it didn't look that serious to me. But as I get interested in how the game is working, the strategies, and how this like perfect, like something I cannot really understand how it happens, but this perfect calculation of how quarterback throws and they receive and they have this route and how they communicate and all different, this, uh, different details, I start to appreciate a lot more. And obviously now when I watch a football game, I still don't know everything about it, but I appreciate a lot more. And I can watch from the beginning to end with such an engagement. Unless our team is losing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so just like that, in our listening to the preaching too, as we want to observe as much as we can and apply in our life, it is very important that we also understand the, 
Bible, the Scripture, on our own. There are options available where Tuesday, we just started this past uh, week, where Pastor Danny is leading a Bible study on 1 Timothy. And we have another class coming up in March and May. And as well as you can always, there are so many great books you can use to start within yourself or with your spouse or family or friends, life group, beyond. If you need any uh, book suggestions to do a Bible study on, on your own, please let our staff know or let me know. I have some samples as well that I can lend you or sell to you, either way. Um, so study the Bible. Expand your understanding of the Bible because Bible all connects. And there's a beauty in how united the message of the, God, of the Bible is. And when we understand the fullness of the Bible, the preaching will come to you in the next level. Last but not least, number five, get involved in church ministry to serve and support the church. Preaching is a foundational and central aspect of our ministry, but definitely it's not the only thing in our ministry. We want to start through the preaching of the Word, but that's not where we want to end necessarily. We want to end by serving, by, um, by reaching others, by discipleship, by spiritual growth and ever more. So we encourage you, to make your preaching more understandable and fruitful in your life. Get involved and serve. Let's carry out the mission and the vision of God together. As you can see, the preaching of the word is central to our ministry, and as we have this greater message, it's, it's not for us to just live on our own goals and our own passions, but rather this message it's something that is accomplished by Christ and it is made for Christ for us to follow. If you look to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 16, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. We must understand the gospel message, all the preaching we receive is not for us to just embedder our lives, but to embedder our devotion to God. Embedder the glorifying process in our life towards God. Because it's not just about Him, it is also enabled through Him in our lives. Going further in Colossians, it's chapter 2, verse 13, it says, And you who were dead in your trespass and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling our record of debt that stood against us, uh, is uh, legal demands. This he set aside, nailing to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So, brothers and sisters, let's hold firm to the preaching of God's word and strengthen the preaching of the word for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you that this Bible we are holding, your word we are holding, has been put together by many blood, by much blood, through your people, risking their lives, through your people, devoting their lives to make your glory known to this world.
Lord, help us to really value this word. And it is also difficult to understand and to grow in this word alone. Lord, help us to receive this powerful preaching of the word in our ministry. We pray that you'll build and you'll uh, develop and, and, Lord, continue to work through our preachers. Where this, through this pulpit, people will be saved. They will be saved. And through this pulpit ministry, they will more and more see who you are. So we can continue to pl- place our trust in you and endure with sound teaching, with endure with this faith where we do not waver and place our hope elsewhere, but only in you, God, even when it is difficult even when there's a persecution, even when there's opposition, even when we feel like we don't feel like it because there are so many pressures in our lives. We pray that we'll be able to find this hope and this answer in you, God. And we also pray that we'll also do our part to really value and to receive this word spoken through the preaching every Sunday. So continue to work through us and give us a better desire and passion to yearn for you, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray.